Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Thanks so much for tuning in to I Work For Him today. And however you are listening to us today, just know we prayed for you. We prayed that something we'd say here on the air today as we talk about, well, I'm going to tell you what we talk about in just a minute, but as we talk today... That something we say will cause you to dig deeper into your faith, that it will be that it will speak to your very soul. And every day on I Work for Him, our topics are generated at helping you connect what you learn on Sunday with what you do in your nine to five, in your workplace, whatever that workplace may be, because we need to remember, no matter what your workplace is, it's your mission field. And in that mission field, you and me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers and employees may ever meet. You know, we, we all talk about we want to be leaders, and, and a lot of us have a desire to be transformational leaders. We want to make a difference. We, we see things that are what we think are screwed up, or maybe they just could use a little improvement. They got room for improvement or needs improvement, as I got on my report card in elementary school, constantly needs improvement, especially in the behavior category. So we see some of the needs improvement, and we're thinking, okay, I want to be that leader that leads the transformation. Yet so many of us we get stuck right away because being a transformational leader involves change. Not the kind of change you put in your pocket after you go to the cash register and you buy something. No, we're talking the change that involves shifting our paradigm. Change that involves changing, well, it involves changing. How about modifying behavior, modifying speech patterns, modifying waking patterns, whatever it may be. Change is difficult. Change is resisted by the world. Change is one of those things we do not embrace. Change is one of those things, well... Jonah, he was a prophet. When God put some change in his life, Jonah went the other direction. When God wants you to change, do you go in the other direction? Or do you still want to be a transformational leader? We're talking today with Ford Taylor. He's from Transformational Leadership, and we're talking about his grand grand opening, brand new program called TL On Demand, Transformational Leadership, ondemand.com, a phenomenal internet resource that you can get involved with and we'll tell you more about that in a little bit. But Ford Taylor, welcome back to I Work For Him. Hi, Jim. Thank you. It's always good, and it's always fun to be on the show with you. Well, Thank you for having me back. Oh, I'm, I'm grateful to have you. Okay, so here it is. A sixth of the year is already gone, which is just staggeringly amazing. That uh, You know, two months are gone. What's one thing that the Lord has revealed to you about yourself in these two months? Oh, Jim, I wish you hadn't asked that question, you know. <laughs> One of the things I teach is that great leaders never stop learning, and I'm not sure I'm a great leader, but I try to be that, and I try to be a good one. Uh, but I got some feedback uh, this year that 
it was hard to hear. You know, we all have 3.4 blind spots on any given day, and I had one, and it was it was hard. It hurt, but it was it was really good feedback. And historically, I've I've been a person that could remember every sentence of every conversation right down to the detail. And you know, if people came to me with something, you know, we could go right to the facts. And you know, I teach that all feedback's relevant. And one of the reasons it's relevant is because of the relationship with the person that's given it to you. And as you know, last year I dealt with Lyme disease a lot and still deal with it a little bit. But in that period, my brain didn't function as well as it had historically. And I got some feedback that when I would go to those facts, that I would miss how people might be really in sharing with me how they feel more than want to talk about the facts. So I've had to do a lot of apologizing to a lot of those close to me saying, you know, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to hear how you feel. Uh, not just about the facts. So, you know, God's working me over on that one. It's great. Isn't it great to know the Lord's never done? It's just never done. Ford Taylor, as as you look at transformational leaders, as you look at people that really want to be transformational leaders, how how do you help people understand that this is going to be a difficult process? Well, you know, number one, I believe that God's Word is true. You know, and I, and I believe he tells us to be changed by changing the way we think. If we change the way we think, we change the way we feel. If we change the way we feel, we change the way we behave. And if our behavior changes, then all of a sudden what we say we believe to be true is now lined up with our behavior. Um, you know, the research right, shows, i gotta, I got to stop you there for a second. Go back to that and say that, that transition phrase again, because people, you said it so fast because you've said it a million times probably. But if we, change, if we change the way we think, then we change the way we feel. If we change the way we feel, then we change the way, and I lost it because I couldn't write that fast. We change the way we act or behave. You know, the Bible says it, Jesus said it, Paul wrote about it, be you transformed by changing the way you think so that you can do the perfect, acceptable, pleasing will of God. Then he goes on and tells us what that is. But, but research shows that 93% of what we communicate to other people is based on our body language and our tone of voice, and only seven percent is our actual words. And so, if we're, if you know, if we're screaming and saying, "I love Jesus," He's the King, find peace, but we're behaving with gossip, anger, rejection, resentment, we basically have no credibility in our words. And so, if our body language and tone of voice don't line up with what we say, then we have somewhere between very, very little and zero credibility. And so it's important that we can change the way we think so we can change the way we feel, so we can change the way we behave, so our voice has credibility. It's really, really important. Well, and what I find is that, you know, as Christians, it seems like, and and I'm using that word as opposed to Christ followers, as Christians, we tell people we know that they've got to, you know, we've all been redeemed, but we're in a process of restoration. And some of us are getting restored in different areas than other people. But we should be the most forgiving people. We should be the people that are like, hey, listen, I know you made a mistake. I forgive you. Let's move on. But it seems like Christians have a hard time embracing the number one platform that Jesus had, which was forgiveness. Uh, because if, if you can't, and, and I probably should just stop there, but I guess I got to drone on about this for a second longer. Because as Christ followers, we are called to forgive, period, end of story. And yet that's something we struggle with, and yet along the process of being restored, we make mistakes where we have to ask forgiveness because we've screwed up. And Christians seem to be resistant to people who make mistakes. 
You know, it, it's interesting, Jim. When I first started down this path of doing what I do, I, I was praying a lot and asking God, why is this transformation so difficult? Personally, churches, homes, companies, organizations, why is this so difficult? And what I believe he showed me was, you know, he, he says, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and flesh. And then in Greek it says, and the second one is equal to the first, love your neighbor as you love yourselves. And my whole theory is we do love our neighbor as we love ourselves. There lies the problem. It's because we truly don't understand how much God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit loves us for that to ooze out of us. And, and because of that, it's hard to forgive even ourselves. Uh, but the truth is every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. And God wants us to really understand his forgiveness and his love for us so we can experience that and give that love and forgiveness to others and ultimately be able to love and forgive ourselves in an appropriate way. Now, the Lord's Prayer that a lot of Christians pray, there's one line in it that says, Father, forgive me as I forgive those who've sinned against me. And then it has one more sentence. And then the Greeks added in the, uh, approximately 325, but in the 300s, they added, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Now, Jesus didn't say that. But when they added it, they, in my opinion, blocked the best-kept secret in Christianity, forgiveness. Because what Jesus actually said next... Oh, I'm going to stop you right there. Today we're talking with Ford Taylor from Transformational Leadership about his amazing online program that I've been going through, that I want you to go through, that will teach us all how to be a transformational leader. We're going to be doing a series all year long about this. But I would encourage you to check it out online, tlondemand.com. And if you decide that this is a program you want to invest your life in, make sure you put in the discount code IW4H50. Like, I work for him, 50, but it's IW4H50. And that'll save you 50% on the enrollment fee. And I got to tell you, these are simple. It's all video driven. It's simple snippets of things you could chew on. And Ford, I've, what I, I just, I love what I'm learning. I'm not all the way through. I'm kind of taking it step by step so I don't get too far ahead of our conversations because I'm always doing prep time. But what I love is the fact that what you're going to talk about next, and we talk about change, how all these things are essential if we want to be a transformational leader. Because if you haven't adopted Matthew chapter 14, which is the verse right after, and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil, you never can be a transformational leader. So go ahead and go back to what you said before the break because some people just tuned in. You were talking about the uh, the, uh, the Lord's Prayer. Right. So the Lord's Prayer, you know, at the end, the Greeks added, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. But the next to the last line in the Lord's Prayer says, Father, forgive us our trespasses or our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us. And so we're actually praying for God to forgive us as, I'll say as much as, we forgive those who sinned against us. But he didn't say, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. He said, the very next words out of his mouth were, if, dependent event, if this, then that, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. And so if Christians can do that, they walk in a place of healing. They walk in a place of feeling forgiven. And when you forgive others, you feel forgiven. And when you 
feel forgiven, you behave very differently than when you know about forgiveness. You, your head knowledge, but if it doesn't go to the heart and you don't feel it, it's very hard to accept God's love, to accept his forgiveness, and then pour that in to all those around us. And I think what's so important, and we could spend the whole hour today talking about forgiveness, and maybe we should if that's where the Spirit is leading, but this forgiveness thing, knowing how to offer up that forgiveness, sometimes it absolutely needs to be verbalized. And sometimes it absolutely should not be verbalized to the person that you're forgiving because it will bring no nothing good. Most of the time, the forgiveness issues that most of us suffer from, yes, we always have a, a category list of people, this person wronged me, this person wronged me, this person wronged me, and we have to work it through process of forgiving those people. Which, and I, in my mind, for me and my walk with Christ, it's a process because I will forgive them and then I'll find myself arguing with fake people in my head and I have to forgive them again because I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, I just grabbed back onto that offense again. I can't do that. But what I find most difficult, Ford Taylor, who's an incredible leader within transformational leadership, is forgiving myself. I find I hold myself to a much higher level of accountability than I should, and I, and I, and I struggle with forgiving myself for things that I have wronged, that I have caused pain to myself with. Do you ever struggle with that? Do you ever struggle forgiving yourself? Yeah, Jim, I, I want to give you that quote that I gave you a minute ago, okay? Every saint has a past, and every sinner has a future. Because of this, we must learn to accept God's forgiveness, learn to forgive others, and ultimately learn to forgive ourselves. And, and the reason that one comes last is because it usually is last. And so what we try to show in transformational leadership is the difference between guilt and shame. And what happens is it's pretty easy to get rid of guilt once we learn how. But getting rid of shame is much more difficult. Why? Because shame is based on who we think we be. You know, it's our self-identity. It's something that we've become. Guilt is based on our behavior, something we did. And, And it's important that we can separate the two because our shame is full of lies. You know, it's lies from mankind. It's lies from ourselves that we teach ourselves. And those lies are always in contradiction to God's truth and His Word. But very few people that I've met, you know, the reason I do what I do is I'm trying to reach the reached. And in the process of reaching the reached, we're reaching the lost. But if we truly get freedom, and, and you can't get it, I mean, it's just not possible to get if you're hanging on to unforgiveness for other people based on what Jesus said. You can't get there. And so at the root of it is our ability to forgive others and ultimately to forgive ourselves. Well, and I think what you just said there is so powerful, and and I want people to hear that because that is one thing that Martha and I deal with a lot in married couples. Not only, they they seem to be able to forgive each other most of the time easier than they do in forgiving themselves for mistakes made in the past. And I just was being transparent. In my own life, I have found that I hold myself to a standard my Heavenly Father doesn't hold me to. And when he says he's forgiven me, it's done, it's it's gone, it's paid for. I, I don't need to confess that sin over and over and over again. It's done. He's forgotten about it. But I, I tend to bring it back before him all the time because I feel I feel the shame or the guilt or whatever it may be. And Jim, I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to me when I say what I'm about to say. And all of us who call ourselves Christ followers, believers, Christians, okay, when we do that, what I found is that when I do that, 
it really is a source of pride. Because what I'm really saying is, God, I know more about this than you do. You know, you made a mistake in me. You made a mistake when you created me. Your word is a mistake. It can't be true. Because if it were true, then I would be able to do this. Well, forgiveness is a choice. You know, and if you make the choice long enough, it becomes a feeling. And, Jim, we've talked about my history on this show before. You know, the man that was the spiritual gifts pastor called the golden boy by his pastor. In the middle of all that, cheating on my wife, holding a loaded gun, driving to the the bridge of the river. And so you can imagine the shame and the guilt that I was living in. And, and when I started applying these transformational leadership tools, not just to companies and organizations, but to my own personal life, I, I was stunned at, at what happened because the shame really did go. The guilt really did go. My wife and I can have conversations now about things that we never could have in the past. And, I mean, it's intimate, deep conversations that we can get through very quickly because we have learned to love and forgive each other very quickly, even in those mistakes. And, and when I know, when I truly know that I know that I know, that I know that I know that I know that Jesus really did die on the cross and that all that stuff truly is covered by his blood, when I really, really get that, then these things, these mistakes, we can overcome them so much quicker. And that's why, as you know, we talk about this six steps to an apology, which really does hold us accountable, which we don't need to go to right now, but but, but you're right on. But, but I think we have to remember, if we believe God's word is true, and if we believe in the concept of dependent events, that I can't drive to the store without getting in my car first so or, or on my bicycle, but if I'm going to drive my car, if you get in your car and if you turn the key, then your car will start. If you put it in reverse, then you can back out of the driveway. If you back out of the driveway, then you can go forward, if you go forward. So those are dependent events. But listen to, listen to Jesus as a dependent event. If you forgive those who sinned against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. You cannot, in my opinion, feel forgiven as long as you're holding on to grudges with God. And most people don't want to admit that one. With other people or with yourself. Hmm. And all of that plays into our conversation today about transformational leadership, being a transformational leader. Because this forgiveness piece in becoming a transformational leadership is so key. And and it really rides into where I had topiced this to label this as as a talk about a show about change because it, it it is impossible to change if you constantly live in the past. And people that will are unwilling to forgive are constantly living in the past. And they're never able to move forward because their past is like a ball and a chain and a steel wall that they're chained to. They can't ever move forward. And that forgiveness allows them to go through the transformational change that Christ needs in our lives. Yeah, Jim, let me give you an example of one of the things I had to change in my mind, my ways of thinking to be able to see some of these truths that are in transformational leadership. Now, you know we do it two ways. We do what we call plain glass, which is all the biblical stuff without Scripture, without bringing up God. Then we transition and we show people where it comes from because that allows people in corporate America, and government. We just did a five-day training with the Air Force last week. But it allows them to get all these truths in a way that we don't get kicked out because we put 
Christianese around it. Okay? But, but think about the truths in God's Word that work whether you believe they work or not. You know, that God's Word says, my ways are for the just, they're for the unjust, they're for the believer and the non-believer, they're for the righteous and the unrighteous. So think about that. They work whether you believe them or not. But one of the things I had to change in my mind, so let me start with this. Number one, having the Bible numbered is a good thing. It lets us say to each other, hey, go to this book in this verse, this chapter in this verse. So that's a good thing. But the downside of that is we've learned to read it by the numbers. In other words, we, we give quotes, you know, one one book, one verse, one or two chapters, and we quote that independently of everything around it. Consequently, you know, we, we don't tie the Lord's Prayer. We don't keep going. In other words, we just finish the Lord's Prayer and we stop. And so one of the things that we teach people that are Christians is learn to read through the numbers. If there's a connector word, and, for, thus, therefore, if, but, as, you know, one of the things we teach is, hey guys, forgive me as I forgive those who sinned against me. Let's all get our as in gear. And so when we get those connector words in gear, the Bible has a whole new meaning. We're talking today with Ford Taylor from Transformational Leadership. They've got this great online program. And Ford, as we got a lot of people tuning in at the bottom of the half hour, let's just tell people what TL On Demand is all about. Uh, well, Jim, it, you know, it, it, it really is. The, the way that our clients and the people that have come to our training and they've watched TL On Demand, they've actually given us a better way to say what we say. And what they're saying to us is that, you know, there are a lot of cookbooks out there, and there's a lot of books on how to cook. There are a lot of leadership books out there, but there aren't a lot on how to lead. And so what they're calling this manual that comes with TL On Demand, the TL On Demand, the live trainings, that you are giving us the book on how to lead. You're giving us a playbook. It's not just the what is a transformational leader, but it's the how, the who, the when, and the where. And, and so I'm telling you that our people are telling us, you need to start saying it this way, because there's a lot of words out on transformational leadership. You know, when we started, when I started doing this, I'm, I'll say uh, in the early 2000s, you know, it was a something that I thought God gave me to go teach. The word transformational leadership now has become a genre. It's, it's, so for us, it's a course. I mean, it actually is the who, what, when, where, and how to lead. But because it's become a genre, when people hear it, they think it's like all the rest of transformational leadership. Uh, and almost everybody has something called that. But as we keep getting told over and over again now from many, many people, you're get, this is different. It's not the same old what it is. It really is how to do it, who to do it with, when to do it, and where to do it. So we're thankful that, that God has given us something that we can pass on uh, to other people to be able to use that way. And I, as I'm going through it, there's just there's so much in there. But what I love is we're just going to pick one one of the pieces. You know, we're, I'm just in the I've got beyond the introduction. I'm in I'm in I'm in like a second or third uh, session of it, and it starts talking about change. Why is it that you feel like the first thing you should deal with with people as they're going through TL on demand is change? Why, why is change one of those you got to deal with it kind of deals? Well, Jim, one of my favorite things in life is when psychiatric research or psychological research 100% lines up with God's Word. And when they 100% line up, it's like, why wouldn't every Christian in the world just go, okay? And so we have multiple research that we've looked at, but, but one of them goes like this. 
that if you want to change the culture in your organization, and remember, we, we say an organization is any time two or more people are in relationship. And then we say, if you have influence with at least one person, that makes you a leader, which means we're all leaders at some level, and we're in multiple organizations. But if you want to really shift the culture, in other words, you want it to be different than what it's been, you know, transformation comes from the Greek word metamorpho, which is metamorphosis, which means changing from something we are to something different. And, and, and to, but to get to that process, here's what the research shows, that the easiest level to change is to get new knowledge. So you can read a book, listen to a radio program, go hear somebody talk, but new knowledge is step number one, which is new thinking. It says if you, but the second level is a change in attitude or a change in feeling. Well, that's more difficult. Why? Because when our attitudes or our feelings come into play, it could be negative. It could be rejection. It, it could be hurt. It could be resentment. I mean, there's all kinds of things that could come into play that make that second level more difficult. Well, then the third level is even harder than that, which is the actual behavior. Because what happens is we start down this path, and when we get uncomfortable, it's not unusual that we'll crawl back into our whole behavior. And we, we want to teach people how not to do that. That's why we teach outside-the-box thinking doesn't work. If it did, we would have changed the world by now. And so we, change, so we teach a whole different way of thinking. And the best news in the world, as you've heard me say on the videos and, and live, is it only takes 3 to 5% statistically. I say 3 to 15% because uh, of our own internal research, but most people say 3 to 5% to get the fourth level of change, a true 100% shift in culture, a relational, an organizational change. And so if you can get 3 to 5 or 3 to 15% of any organization to go towards a common vision, pulling on the rope the same direction, you actually can shift the whole organization. Now remember, an organization is two or more people. So you can shift a marriage, a family, a company, a church. Listen to this, Jim. You ready? I'm ready. A city or a nation with 3 to 5%. And we've seen that happen in our, our own nation. So my big question is, why is it if that's true, and if over 80% of Americans claim to be Christians, why are we not able to shift the nation? Well, I think that that's really important as you start to look at the 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 kinds of change that our that our nation needs. I mean, you start with there is no group that's out there. There's no group that's out there at all that doesn't uh, know that there's change needed, that we all need to be pursuing change. We all need to be making sure that, ah, well, I mean, just leadership. There's such a leadership vacuum in our country right now. But it is so important that we look at dealing with just the simplest things like change and helping people understand through the change and, and work through those different levels of change. Hey, today we're talking with Ford Taylor from Transformational Leadership. He's got this incredible program called TLOnDemand.com. And it's a program that will help you and me, I'm going through it right now, become transformational leaders. And it's not this, it's not the, you know, who is a transformational leaders leadership, it's the how to be a transform transformational leader. It's not about, you know, a certain uh, metrics that you got to reach to be a transformational leader. It's it's a heart thing, and that's what TLOnDemand.com will help you succeed in finding. And I would just recommend that you take the course. 
And when if you take the course and you put in the I work for him discount code, it'll save you 50% on the course. And that's what I'm going through because I want to be a transformational leader, not just on the radio, but in my community where I live and breathe every day. That discount code is IW4H50, IW4H50.com. And and it's on TLOnDemand.com. All right, so let's get back to Ford Taylor. Ford, as we talk about change, because change is one thing that everybody nobody wants to really deal with it everybody understands it's inevitable but nobody really wants to deal with change so how what, what do you think is the most difficult thing for us to change uh, can i can i share one thing quickly of course you on can. the i work for him 50 discount code sure when people go in to sign up for that there's two places to register one says register now and one says alumnus If they only hit register now, they get what we call the plain glass version of TL, uh, which goes to everybody. It goes to corporations, the military, Muslims, Buddhists, atheists. It goes to everybody. If they sign up under alumnus, it will open the pathway to get the deeper stuff that we're talking about now. And so I would encourage the listeners to actually click on alumnus, which means they'll get part two which is the deeper stuff, more so than just the tools, ingredients, behaviors. They'll get the background of where they came from. And, and I haven't gone through it all yet. And, and ladies and gentlemen, they're listening to the show today. I, I, I will get through all of this, but it's one of those things where I don't, it's not one of those things you go through and you jam through it in a day because your head would explode. Uh, Ford, you used to actually uh, teach this all over a whole week long, at a week long conference, right? Even with the Air Force last week, it was a five-day program, uh, even there. And, and when we first started, Jim, we actually did it over six months, where I'd bring people together for two days and then once a month for a day. And that really is the best program until we got TL on demand. The problem is we had people flying in from Africa and Hawaii and all these other states, and to fly in six times to get the training was quite expensive. And then when I started going to other countries and cities, to deliver it again i couldn't fly to multiple cities and countries six different times to deliver it so we shortened it to a live two-day program which now allows people to keep getting it through tl on demand and so we shortened it once we had tl on demand so people could keep getting it 24 7 for as slow or as long as they wanted it well and that's it some of us are just absorbed slower than others all right so you said something incredible just a few minutes ago and i want to repeat it that it says it takes three to fifteen percent participation to shift a whole culture in a in, in any organization, whether the organization is a company, a church, a nation, a city, a state. I mean, it's whatever that may be. And and people are like, really? No, three percent three percent of people can't make a difference. I will challenge them that the entire anti God given marriage movement was taken over by le- by 3% of the nation. People said, no, marriage isn't between a man and a woman, and 3% of the people, or less, actually, brought about the change and got the Supreme Court to rule that, no, it's not. And they brought about that change. It wasn't good change, but they brought about that change with a very small representation of our country. And, Jim, that's why I present that. Is I got the best news in the world for you. This great news. It only takes 3 to 5 or 15, depending on whose research you look at, of any organization to shift the organization. Now i got the worst news in the world for you. It only takes 3 to 5 or 15% to shift a company, a family, or a nation. So that's good news and bad news. It works on both ends. Because change is change. It, 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 and, it's, and it's scary. And we've seen the enemy succeed at doing, bringing about change like that. 
But I know that the Lord is also capable of doing that. If we could just get the church to work in unity, I think we'd have we'd be such a powerhouse. And that's what this TL on demand is doing is is raising up not just church leaders, but leaders in the community, leaders in uh, small businesses, leaders in wherever your influence may be. We can all be transformational leaders. I want to hit on some of this stuff that you deal with in this change section on TL on demand. You talk about the dynamics of change and they're kind of, you know, it's you kind of just describe it as it as we morph through the change process. Let's just hit some of those pieces. Sure. Well, you know, there, there, there are certain dynamics that not only are we as individuals going through, but if we happen to be leading a team or a family or a company, a nation, it doesn't matter, that the people that we lead are also going through those dynamics. And, Jim, I, I personally believe we have a leadership crisis in our country. And I don't believe it's just at the government level. I believe it's at the business level. It's at the home level. It's at the education level, at the arts and entertainment, media. Church. I mean, it's at all levels. And that crisis, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, is that we, as leaders, have come to a place in history that we care more about what other people think of us than we do about the people that follow us. And because of that, we wear masks, we cover up our stuff, we lose our vulnerability, transparency, even to the point of losing our integrity. Well, to get from that place to a transformational leader takes new knowledge, new attitude, new behavior. Well, as we're going through new knowledge, new attitude, new behavior, and if we're believers, you know, Paul tells us that the power of sin is gone that it, it loses its power when it's in the light. But it, he also tells us that everything that God had for Jesus, his son, he has for us too. But to experience his glory, we must also experience his suffering. And I think what he's saying to us is as we go through this metamorphosis, there's some suffering. Well, what if we had tools, ingredients, and behaviors to be able to get through that suffering in a way that was logical, it made sense, and on the other end, we were a different kind of leader. And if we, and so we have to have the knowledge that it takes those four levels, knowledge, attitude, behavior, organizational, but we also need the knowledge to know that there's dynamics in play for all of us when we're changing. For example, when we're going through change as a nation or a family or a company, it doesn't matter, we, we feel awkward. It's uncomfortable. I mean, we, it's just ill at ease. Well, how do you overcome that? Well, you lay out a vision. I mean, what to expect to know what's expected. All right, Ford, we were talking about the dynamics of change. And I know that I want you to hit a couple of those dynamics, and then I want to talk about some of the strategies that you talk about to deal with those dynamics. So go ahead. Okay, well, the first one we talked about was we feel awkward, ill at ease when we're going through it. And, And so we teach to leaders how to know what to expect. And one of the things we say is expect the unexpected. And so in that process, we, we teach the definition, the purpose. We teach five different organizational models on how to lead better uh, in the fifth one than the first one instead of top-down or even servant leadership isn't the best model. And we, we teach how to get through those stages. So we tell people, here's what you can expect. So as you go through TL, so we, we actually deal with these dynamics even as we're teaching them. You know, another one is we feel alone. Well, if, you, if everybody on the team feels like they're the only one going through change, then you have to structure activities that create involvement. So we actually teach how to host a meeting, 
how to be sure that everybody in the meeting, everybody at the dinner table at night in the family is fully engaged in the dinner. And, and we get told over and over again, this is phenomenal how a tool that that simple works so profoundly. You know, lots of times when we're going through change, we have to realize that we can only handle so much at once. And so we, the strategy is we have to go for the long run. You know, don't try to do things so quickly. Like right now, we're trying to talk really fast to get this information out. So we're going to slow down a little and, and go for the long run. Well, we teach a tool called VP Mosa. You know, how to, how to write your own personal vision, your purpose, your mission with some objectives and strategies and action plan. So all these dynamics are there, but just knowing about the dynamics doesn't do any good. No, but I want to stop it there for a second because understanding the dynamics at least helps you prepare a little bit. I mean, if you know that, hey, if you go through this change, you're going to feel awkward, ill at ease, self-conscious, feel alone. Uh, you may be faced with behaviors you have to give up. I'm just thinking, while you were saying that, I was thinking, okay, here in Florida, I grew up in Minnesota where everybody obeyed the traffic signals. Here in Florida, if you stop for a yellow light, you will get rear-ended because people are intending to run at least the yellow light for sure, the orange orange light and maybe even the red light after you. And if you were to try to implement change in Florida and tell people everybody needs to start slowing down and stopping for a yellow light because it's going to turn red, that would bring about incredible pain and suffering and would cause incredible accidents. Because as I go back now to the Midwest where people obey those signals, it is awkward for me now to stop for a yellow light. And this is just a simple thing, but the dynamics, you imagine what's going in my head and you're like, well, that yellow light, I got another four seconds. I could go all the way through that. But the intent was yellow, start slowing down, stop for the light. That's what the deal was. But it's it just a simple thing like that can cause extreme pain. Yes. And we're going through change. We're concerned that we don't have enough resources. So we teach tools on how to overcome that. We find out that on our team and our organizations, different people are at different levels of readiness. And so we have to give strategies and, you know, how to determine what people are ready to change so they can all be on the same page. You know, one of the dynamics is that when change gets difficult, we revert back to old behaviors. So we teach people how to change their way of thinking so they don't revert back to the whole behavior, that they stay in the game until it really is a part of them. Uh, you know, Jim, I teach something I don't know anybody else that teaches, that change can be fun. Well, when can it be fun? When you embrace it and do it with others who also embrace it. And we give people plans on how to embrace it and how to find other people in their lives who also want to go through and become that kind of leader that has more influence. And, of course, the biggest dynamic may be is that change is a choice. And change, not to change is equally a choice. Well, and those, are, and those are tough choices that we all have to make every day. Are we willing to change? But if we, when we gave our lives to Christ, we said, okay, I'm all up for change. I want what you have, Jesus, because what I have really stinks. Ford, we're running out of time. I want you to tell people why they should sign up for TL On Demand today. Well, I'm just going to tell you what people tell us because it's hard for me. It's easy for me to say this because this is God's stuff, and his stuff just works. <laughs> that, you know, if you don't believe in oxygen, try not breathing for nine minutes. If you don't believe in gravity, try jumping off a 10-story building and see what happens. There are biblical kingdom principles in God's Word that have all the answers we need to run a company, run a government, run a family, how to be a parent. It even tells us where bone cancer and heart attacks come from. But because of the way we read it, we miss so many of those things. And because they are biblical principles, they work. And so what we're told over and over again, this is the most life-changing thing we've ever been through. Even my pastor years ago said, 
I think I'm going to start sending people to your training and tell them to skip church. Because what you're doing is changing people's lives. So that's what we're told. Ford Taylor, Transformational Leadership. Thanks for being an eye work for him today. Thank you, Jim. It's always an honor to be with you. All right. Check out Ford Taylor online, tlondemand.com. Sign up for the alumnus package. Type in the promo code IW4H50. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field, but ultimately, I work for him.